Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, is indeed not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. That's a pretty bold claim, ain't it? But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Y'all, Paul was... a pretty good example of what most men in that day would have called perfect. Probably, Probably about as close as you could get. He said himself here that, you know, he gave all these examples of these different qualities that he had. And some of them were things he was born into. I mean, everything was perfect in his life. It couldn't get any better. Okay? He he had followed every ordinance of the law to the T. He was born into the right family. Before he had choices to make on his own, his parents were making choices for him. He said he was circumcised the eighth day following those traditions and those laws that were given. He said he, said he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was, he, was the, he was up there, man. He was somebody. He said it's touching the law of Pharisee. Pharisees were, were some of the most strict, right? He, he was in there with them. He said, as touching the law, blameless. And then he said, I count all of that worthless. Because now I know Jesus. 
Now, y'all, I want to tell you something. There's people sitting here today that have achieved just crazy things in their life. If, if men were to look at them, they would say, man, that's awesome. And if you know Jesus, I guarantee you you're sitting here today saying, it wasn't worth anything if I don't have Him. I want to give you all a little, little story, okay? There was these two young men. One of them runs race after race trying to reach a goal, right? Maybe that goal is winning the Olympics. But he runs race after race after race and wins race after race, wins medals just one after another. The other man is presented with a question. See, they both want to reach the same goal. But someone comes to the second man and says, would you like to be taken to that goal right now? You have a choice. And he says yes. Meanwhile, the other man continues running his races and he completes every obstacle along the way. When he completes all of his races and he's ready to proceed to his goal, he meets the same man and is asked the same question. And I want you all to understand something. At this point, if this man says, yes, I want to go to the goal, I want you to realize that all that stuff he did, all those medals he won, all those accomplishments he made, they're meaningless. Because the first man didn't do any of those things. And he's going to be right where the other guy wanted to be too. You see, we, we go in our lives all the time and we, we start focusing on every little detail of things we have to accomplish. I've got to do this, then I have to do this, then I can do that. And along the way, those things all seem so important to us. And, and y'all, I'm not trying to discourage anybody today from trying to excel in life. But what I want you to see is that in the grand scheme of things, when you look back, if you don't have Jesus with you, all of that stuff was worthless. And in the end of the day, really, it's going to be worthless anyway. Because it's all temporary and of this life. So what does that first guy do when he's presented with that question? You know what most of us would do? We'd say, well, here's why I am qualified to reach that goal. I have ran this race first place. I've ran this race and I got first place. I may have got second on this one, but I was good enough to advance to the next race where I won first place. And the man looks at you and says, and? The question still remains, do you want to go my way or not? And you see, that's what God is telling us all the time. He, he looks at you and He says, do you want to be with me? 
And we, we say, we want to, but here's, here's all the reasons we're qualified to do that. He says, I don't care about that. Do you want to be with me? Some of us can't get past being qualified. And you see, that's the very thing we need to just lay down. Because God is calling each and every one of us today to whatever it is He's calling you to. Now, there may be many different things for each and every one of us. But He's calling you for a purpose. And I want you to really get it in your heart today that nothing you have done in the past made that possible. You see, that's Him coming after you, not you uh, reaching a certain status level where now you're acceptable and He will use you. No. He is not requiring you to gain all these qualifications on your own before you're ready. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't prepare? Does that mean that we should just kind of bounce through life with no purpose? Not in the least. But you see, the order of things needs to be correct. I want to challenge all of you today. I don't care what age you are, how young you may be, how old you may be. You need to just stop everything right now and assess who you're after. What is the purpose in trying to reach the goal you're trying to reach? Is the goal you're trying to reach strictly based upon your qualifications as a good person? If it is, you need to just stop where you are right now. Because anything you do from here on is worthless. But if you stop right now and you say, okay, Lord, I want to be with you. And y'all, this don't just apply to salvation today. Trust me, if you're lost and don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to find Him today. But this also applies to those of us that have been saved and have continued to walk in our works. We've continued to try to qualify ourselves somehow. We've continued to try to somehow make ourselves worthy of His grace. Totally misunderstanding what grace is. It's a free gift just given to you. You can't earn it. That's why it's called unmerited favor. <laughs> it's, it's the favor God gives you that you can't earn. You don't deserve. You ever hear somebody say, I just don't feel worthy? You're not worthy. You've got it right there. Stick with that. And they, they allow that, that feeling to oppress them. But y'all, it should be a, a, a moment of liberation. It's the opposite effect of what you feel. What, what you should be saying is that I'm not worthy. I don't have to achieve all this stuff before He'll accept me. What I have to do is just say, yes, Lord. Y'all, that's liberating right there. That's freedom. But see, what, what we want to do is, as a human is somehow make what He did for us Are y'all hearing me today? Make what He did for us somehow something we can attain. Somehow 
I can be good enough. Somehow, I can, I can do enough things that I can pay for it. You know, sometimes we don't actually think those thoughts out, but that's exactly how we live. Paul said, yeah, been there, done that, and it was all a waste of my time. Think about coming to that realization for a moment. I want you to really put yourself in his shoes. I mean, really honestly think about this. This man had lived all of his life up to that point under this heavy burden of having to meet a certain standard. Okay? Can't do this. Can't do that. Must do this this way. Having to meet up to that standard. And then all of a sudden, Jesus meets him on the road and says, you were wrong. All you need is me. You know why Paul said, I count it all as loss? He said, I count it, 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 it's the same as dung. (laughs) Because he realized in that moment, he had wasted his time. And it was so simple, all he had to do was call on the name of Jesus Christ. It was a waste of time. He had lived his life under bondage. He had lived his life under the heavy weight of bearing the law and trying to conform to it. And all he needed to do was call on Jesus. Yeah, there has to be a moment where you say, well, that kind of sucks. I just wasted most of my life. But that lasts for about that long. Because then you realize, I've got the rest of my life where I ain't got to worry about it. Y'all, I'm trying to tell you something today that will totally set you free in your life if you will just apply this. If you'll get past that thing where you say, I've got to be good enough. I've got to, I've got to do this. I'm going to be a good person. I, I'm going to be a righteous person. Forget about it. It's a waste of time. The Bible says that it's a free gift. It's not based on works. And it even goes so far as to say, lest any man should boast. Because if it was by works, y'all, Paul had a reason to boast. He could have said, yeah, I did this on my own. Look at all these things. Look at all those medals I won. Look at all the races where I just totally dominated everybody because of the level of my skill. Can y'all hear somebody saying that? Maybe you can hear yourself saying that if the situation was right. Y'all, a lot of us like to compete, right? We we like to play games and and try to best somebody. And when I do that, man, I want to win. I don't want to just, you know, I don't want somebody to say, well, I'll give you that point. No, I don't don't want you to give me no points. I'm going to earn them. 
And if I beat you, it's because I beat you by my skill level, right? And that's, we want to carry that into this thing, this relationship with God. Am I just, is that just me today? We want to carry that into that relationship with God sometimes. And you may not have done it much in the past, but you might do it tomorrow. You might just get up tomorrow and, and start talking to God and, and somehow you begin to think on what you're good at and how much you have to offer God. And he says, that's all worthless if you ain't letting me do something. It's all worthless if you're not trusting in me. You know how many people carry gold medals to heaven? None of them. But how many people have gold crowns waiting on them when they get there? So, you know, works are not a bad thing. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So we don't want to stand here today and say don't ever worry about doing anything for God the rest of your life. That's not what we're trying to say. But what we are trying to say is quit worrying about trying to do something without God. Because He's going to look upon it and He's going to say, worthless. You didn't involve me in it. You did it on your own and I could care less about it. The Bible talks about this time that's going to come one day. And it says that our works are going to be judged. Y'all, I'm not going to be judged for my sin. You know that? It sounds awful quiet in here. Did did y'all miss what I said? I won't be judged for my sin. There ought to be some excitement in here, right? I'm not going to be judged for my sin. Jesus paid the price for my sin. The judgment of my sin has already been put on Him. Okay? So it's done with. But you know what I will be judged for? See, when I stand before God, He's not going to open this book that contains all my sin and... He's going to judge me on that. No, He's going to open a different book, the book of life, and He's going to say, there's your name. But my works will be examined. And it says that they will be tried by fire. Now, in my mind, this is, this is the mental image God gives me. He's going to take all my stuff and set it on this concrete slab. And he's going to cover it up with whatever fuel is necessary to burn up anything there. And and fire is going to be applied to it. That's just the mental image I have. Maybe for you it's putting them in a furnace and pulling back out the tray to see what's left. But whatever is left is what he's going to judge your reward by. Now y'all, I'm going to tell you something today. I want a great reward. Okay? And I want, I want to make it real clear what I'm talking about. You see, 
Some people have this ideal of going to heaven and, and their reward is this big great mansion. And, and depending on how, how much work you did for God determines how great your reward is. They're thinking on material things. And y'all, I ain't worried about what kind of place He puts me in. All I care about is being in His presence because wherever He is, is going to be great. Okay, so whatever He gives me on top of that is just icing on the cake. But what I'm thinking about when, in terms of my reward is <clears throat> the, you know, the things He gives me, those crowns, whatever they may be. Man, I don't care if it's, if it's bars of gold. I don't care how, how you represent it. But I want to set that at His feet and t- say glory to God. All glory be to you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because, y'all, if I'm going through my life working in a fashion that I might receive glory for it someday, I've got the wrong attitude already. And there will probably come a day when I look back on it and say, it was all worthless. I counted as loss. Y'all, I don't care what He gives me. But I want what I have to give Him to be great. Okay? That's all I'm going to have is what He rewards me with. And I hope it's great so I can give it back to Him. I don't want to go to Him. Y'all, imagine how it would have been to go before the King of Kings, Jesus, the little baby, man. He's laying there. And you know who He is and you ain't got nothing to give Him. Why do you think them guys came and they offered those, those gifts? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those things were worth something then. It was great value that they brought, okay? They had a, a gift that was worth something because they had some wealth. And y'all, when I go there, I don't have anything I can take with me. So whatever I'm going to have to present to Him better already be there waiting on me. And I want to just... Honor Him. How how do I do that? Well, it's not by trying to achieve some name for myself here. It's not by my athletic prowess, right? That's pretty obvious. I already missed out on that one somewhere. What, What can I do Well, you know what? There's a whole lot I can do as long as I keep Him focused. As long as I keep Him at the center of it. And I wake up in the morning and say, "All right, Lord, where do we need to be today? What do I need to be doing? All you kids that are in school right now, starting to kind of make plans, I don't understand this, but they were. Rhonda had to go to a meeting the other day to help Sarah pick out her classes for ninth grade and and they're asking these kids what they want to be so that they can adjust the curriculum. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to be at in ninth grade. I thought I wanted to be an aeronautical engineer and I didn't even know what it was. Okay? That's, that's going to change a hundred times between the ninth grade and twelfth grade. How about we just teach them what they need to be taught? <laughs> We'll deal with the other other part later when they have a clue. My point is, 
It doesn't matter where you are. They're, they're trying to prepare you for things coming up. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. As you progress along in your education, you may have some things you think you want to accomplish in your life. And that's great. But you better have God before you do any of that. And you better keep Him in the middle of whatever it is you're doing. Otherwise, you will end up old and dead and worthless. Because He is the only one that will bring value to your life. When this life is over, it don't take long for people to forget who you are. The only people that will remember your name is the ones that were close to you. You say, well, I'm going to do something so great that they put my name on a building. That's fine. That's fine. How many of y'all see somebody's name on a building and actually know who they are? Or what they did? Why their name is on the building? I could care less. And I don't want to go study no history course about them because they're probably so pretentious that they'd want to put their name on a building. You see, yeah, their name is up there. People remember their name, but nobody knows the person. He's dead and gone. So what kind of mark are you going to leave on this life? Y'all, there's famous people. George Washington. Everybody knows George Washington's name. I didn't know him. And you know what? The things I read about him in history, I don't know if they're true or not. I can't prove any of it. One person says he's a Christian. Another one says he wasn't. I don't know. So what what are you going to leave behind? Don't be worried about what you're going to leave behind. Worry about what you're putting in your future. Worry about what you're storing up in heaven. Worry about what you're going to do when you stand before that great throne and you got nothing to show for it. That's not the time to be saying, I counted all as lost because there ain't nothing left at the end. 